did it. We figured it yeah. out. We fi I, I love how I'm taking credit. I'm like, we figured it out. You we did it. figure this out. Like, <laughs> we figured this out. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right. Hey, guys. So sorry that we're 10 minutes late. Totally my fault. Technology, not my thing, but I'm working on it. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Tea. I'm your host, Tamora Israel, and this is Coffee with Tea, a weekly show where we talk about uh, pop culture events, some pretty cool-ass people in the community, and whatever else comes off the dome. So welcome here. We would like to welcome our amazing, badass guest, Muska. Yusuf, how do you say your last name? Yusuf, yep. Yep, Yusuf. yep. Listen, guys, this is going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal interview. This woman is kicking ass, taking names, and has no time for no BS. So let's get right into it. Good morning, Muska. How you doing? Good morning. I wish you gave me that intro every time I go to the courtroom. I feel like I would so need that. <laughs> I would I'll just follow you around. Just be like, yo, what's up? Right? Oh, my God. The opposing attorneys would be so intimidated by that. I need that. Right? Oh, I will so be a hype man. Right. <laughs> I put on the the um the shirt from you know when boxers walk into the ring and they have oh. on like that robe. I got you, bro. I got you. Maybe like security, like why is this random woman with a robe on, like just following the attorneys? <laughs> exactly. You don't know our life, all right? This is cool. <laughs> uh thank you so much for coming on. Um I yeah. really appreciate it. Um, all right, let's hop right into it. Question sure. number one, most important question. Mm -hmm. How do you take your coffee? Oh my God, I'm obsessive. So I do, I, I have to literally go in so I can't do drive-through because I make this little, mm -hmm. I make this little hand motion and it makes sense. So I need the cup half with coffee, the rest with cold almond milk, cold. <sighs> I don't want that. I don't want that steamed stuff. I need it cold. So that's how, and then one Splenda. Very particular. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like that. If I don't do this hand motion, it doesn't work. Absolutely. That only makes sense. Right? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's how I take my coffee. Mm -hmm. How do you take your coffee? Um, I like a little bit of half and half and um, one and a half sugars. And I like to mix all that together before I put in the coffee. And then I put in the hot, lovely substance. And then I sit in the corner and love it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> yes. So you are a practicing attorney. You have your own law firm. Told yes. you, boss. Um, <laughs> your law firm, it, law firm. Your law firm. Firm mm -hmm. <laughs> is Muska Yusuf um, LLC or yes, yes, the law office of Muska Yusuf. Yes, Muska. I'm so sorry, Muska. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So I started my own law firm maybe about two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, before that, I was working at larger law firms, and I realized that they weren't quite. Um, they weren't, they weren't going the route that I kind of envisioned the future for uh, law services on the Cape. So that's when I decided to start my own law firm to do more affordable options. And so far, I've had a lot of really great feedback. And I think that the approach that I take, hopefully, is going to be the approach that a lot of attorneys, especially on the Cape, will take. Nice. Um, so before I get into, um, you have this really cool... 
um, five stages of charging for your services. I definitely want to get into that. But mm-hmm. before I get there, um, when did you start? Yo, you said you started two years ago. Yes. Why? Why did why, you, what why called did... you to law? Yeah. So I actually never thought I was going to be a lawyer. Um, I really wanted to be a writer. So in college, I majored in creative writing Mm -hmm. and I was contemplating whether to do an MFA in creative writing. And then what kind of changed my mind is I did copy editing for the National Lawyers Guild. This was when I was in Philadelphia and I was reading all this material about at that time, there was a huge um, issue going on with sentencing for cocaine and how depending on whether it was in the powdered form versus whether it was in the smoked form, the sentencing was dramatically different. And I think that that to me was an eye-opening moment where literally the same exact drug, depending on whether it was in the form that the rich white people were um, using it, or in the form that the black community and people of color were using it, would get a much longer sentence. So that's when I started thinking about it. And I was like, you know, I have my writing skills, but what if I could use my writing skills to help things like this, like clear disparities and clear um, injustices. And that's when I started to think about law school. And ever since then, I feel like I don't regret my decision at all. I'm really glad that I chose to go this way with my writing skills. But who knows, maybe in the future, I'll go back to fiction writing. So that would be exciting. Wow, that's so interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. So um, like I said before, you offer an alternative to the traditional um, lawyer's hourly rate. It involves uh, five distinct stages and a a flat fee per stage. Could you break down what those five stages are and why you've gone out of your way to do it in the first place? Yeah. So when I was working at a larger law firm on the Cape, um, I was uh, charging hourly about $250, $300 an hour. And there would be a retainer of anywhere between $5,000 to $10,000. And I would have people come in and I would say to them, I can't even afford myself, right? So nobody can afford that. You know, who just has $10,000 lying around? I don't, you know? And so maybe those prices make sense in other areas of the Cape. So if you're practicing in areas like Wellesley or Newton with very high net worth clients, maybe they could afford that. But on the Cape, we're all just, you know, doing the best we can. We're all, um, you know, a lot of us are paycheck to paycheck and nobody has that kind of money. Right. And so I do specifically family law cases. And so in the civil court, you are not guaranteed an attorney like you are in criminal court. So in criminal court, by law, everyone can get a public defender for free. Mm -hmm. In the civil court and family law, you are not guaranteed a free attorney. So you either have to represent yourself or you have to pay somebody. And so that puts people in a bind, right? Where Mm -hmm. if you can't afford $300 an hour and a $10,000 retainer, you're just going to have to represent yourself. And that's heartbreaking to me. You know, you have people out there that are fighting for their children, you know, and to think of how daunting that can be to go to the courtroom representing yourself. um, That made me realize something needs to change. Something needs to change with how we uh, provide legal services on the Cape. Mm -hmm. And so right now on the Cape, there are tons of really great free legal aid services like the South Coast um, Legal Services is wonderful. We have different legal aid. 
But the downside to that is you have to qualify for it. And to qualify for it, you have to be below the poverty line by a certain percentage. Oh, wow. So there's a large part of our population, I would say the majority, that don't qualify for free legal aid because they're above the poverty line, mm-hmm. but they can't afford $300 an hour um, and a $10,000 retainer. So that's why I decided I was going to open my law firm for those people, for the majority of people. Um, and I came up with this idea of doing flat fees per stage of the case, because I think mm-hmm. the first question everyone asks, and I'm sure you would ask, I would ask, is how much is this going to cost me, right? Yeah. And most attorneys say the dreaded phrase, it depends, and nobody wants to hear it depends, right? Yeah, we, all no. have, we all have budgets and we need to set know exactly how much is this going to cost us. Mm-hmm. So I figured a flat fee model would be beneficial. So you could say, this is exactly how much it's going to cost you. It's not going to cost you more. It's not going to cost you less. This is it. Um, so that's kind of why I decided to do it that way is that I just saw a need in the community and decided to try it, you know, to see whether it works. And so far I feel as though it's been really, really working for people. Nice. And um, <laughs> what are those stages? Sure. So it's, this is in particular for family law cases. I think mm-hmm. it might be different for other forms of cases. So right now I'm doing it by myself and I'm doing family law. My long-term vision would be to have a law firm that has other attorneys that offer the same kinds of services for other practice areas. Mm-hmm. But in a family law case, and this is kind of specifically, I'll give you kind of a basic divorce case. Mm-hmm. So the first stage would be filing the complaint. And um, that's when you just kind of file simple paperwork, submit it to the court, and then you um, send it to the other side and they respond. So I have one fee for that. That's a flat fee. And I don't charge for communication. So my clients can text me, email me as much as they want. Um, then the second stage is what's called discovery. So that's where you guys will exchange certain financial documents. And by law in Massachusetts, there are documents you have to exchange. And then if there are any additional um, things, you can ask for those. So that's the second stage of discovery. Mm-hmm. Then the third stage is what's called a motion hearing stage. So that is if you, um, you know, by the time when you start a case till trial can be many months. And sometimes things need to be addressed right away. You can't wait many months. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you don't want to wait six months to figure out what kind of parenting plan is going to happen with the kids, right? You need to address that right away. So Mm -hmm. that's where you would file what's called a motion for temporary order and essentially ask the judge to make a binding agreement just temporarily until a final judgment is made. So that's stage three. Um, then stage four is pretrial, and a pretrial hearing is kind of everybody's last ditch um, effort to try to come to a full agreement without having to go to trial. And um, and that is stage four. Most things settle around that stage. Ninety nine point nine percent of my cases never go to trial because most things are negotiated beforehand. And then the last stage is trial. So if nothing else works, you can't come up with an agreement. The last stage is trial. That is, oh my God. First of all, I just learned so much. (laughs) I had no idea that you weren't like guaranteed a lawyer outside of criminal Criminal court. court. 
Yeah, I thought people, everything. Yeah. No, and I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of people think that. You know, a lot yeah. of people think I'm guaranteed an attorney only in criminal court. And to be honest, before I went to law school, I didn't really know the difference between what is civil court and what is criminal court. So I'm going to explain it real quick. So criminal mm -hmm. court is when um, it is the state versus a defendant, right? Mm -hmm. And in those cases, the outcome the is either um, the person you know, is um, found not guilty or the person is found guilty and then they are kind of taken away um, because they are considered a threat to society at large. That's why it's the state versus someone. Civil court is an individual versus an individual, okay? And usually the outcome in civil court is money. Right. So in civil courts, it, it's money. But in, in family law, it's not money. It, but the outcome is not that somebody goes away to court. The outcome is a divorce proceeding and kind of establishing a custody, child support, alimony, all of that. But family law is considered civil. But that's, that's why I think it's really important to understand that difference, because the only time you're guaranteed a free attorney is if you're a defendant in a criminal case. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's a big issue, you know, because most, and most, most of the time when people are in court, when the average person comes to court, it's mm -hmm. usually a civil matter. So that's why the majority of the cases, um, people either have to represent themselves or they have to somehow fork up the money for an attorney. That is, oh my God. Yeah. That seems so ass backwards to me. Right? And it's even worse in like um in like landlord tenant law, right? Because I do a little bit of landlord tenant law is um tenants, even though the the laws in Massachusetts are tenant friendly, most tenants don't know that, right? So and they can't and they can't afford an attorney. And so landlords typically can afford an attorney. So landlords often win, not because the law is in their favor, but because they can afford an attorney. And so there is a big movement that I'm actually really um, passionate about. I'm contemplating writing a book on this subject, is there is a movement yes. called access to justice. So I actually um, brought up this idea for the Barnstable Bar Association because we don't have like an access to justice subcommittee. So mm -hmm. now there is. So one of the things that I would love to work on, in, and it's going on nationwide, is there are a few attorneys and a few activists that are trying to say that in certain circumstances in civil court, you should be allowed to have a court-appointed attorney. And actually, tenants and landlord-tenant cases is one of the best examples of a situation in civil court where tenants would benefit from having representation. So there is a movement to try to do that, um, but it, it would be really difficult. So as of right now, it's really incumbent upon attorneys like myself to offer more affordable options because in the interim, there are lots of people that need our services that are not getting it because they can't afford it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crap rock. Well, first of all, we're not just going to skip over that. Like you didn't just like make this whole different <laughs> subcommittee. Like we're not going to skip over that. We need your roses right now. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Like I've been to court uh, a few times for different reasons. Never like my own. Right. Well, there's one time. Was it my, it was totally my fault. I may have been speeding, but whatever. It's, it's fine. Okay. I, when I need coffee, I need coffee. Like it is what it is. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the idea like, of walking into um, 
a courthouse, it's so daunting and yeah. so scary. I can't imagine doing so with whatever case is over my head and not having an attorney next to me just because I'm not being, you know, prosecuted by the state. That's mind blowing. So I'm so glad that you made this subcommittee. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad too, because a lot of other bigger bar associations have like maybe a pro bono subcommittee. We didn't have anything like that here. Um, so we're starting that. And mm -hmm. another thing we're trying to do is get lawyer of the day programs at the housing court. Right now, you can go for it. There are lots of great services. So Lawyer of the Day is a program at, I know they have it at the Family and Probate Court, and a lot of different courtrooms have it in the Family and Probate Court where you can seek um, advice for free from an attorney. It's a wonderful program. Right now, because of COVID, it's a little different where if you call, you can get a phone number for the Lawyer of the Day and they'll call you. But there is no such thing in the housing court right now. And there needs to be. And I think one hiccup that there was is in order for us to have, and this isn't, I don't actually think this is a hiccup. I'd like to hear your perspective on it, that if mm -hmm. there was going to be a lawyer of the day program in housing court, you would also have to provide free legal services for the landlord. Now, I don't think that's a problem. I wouldn't mind giving free legal advice to anybody who comes in, you know, yeah. um, because landlords too, I think they're could be a perception that all landlords are really, really wealthy and can afford, mm -hmm. but not necessarily. So I don't, I don't find that to be an issue, but I think some people thought this really is a resource that should only be available for tenants. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not in that camp. I think anybody who needs free legal services should have that option. Um, and, and in some ways landlords might even need it more because the law is not in their favor, you know, for yeah. tenants it's in their favor. But yeah, it's an interesting concept. So just the whole concept of access to justice is a movement that's happening around the country. Yes. And that's the thing that like I was debating writing a book about, but it would like I don't have any time right now. <laughs> of course. If I, no. if I could like take a year off, I would love to cover this movement and see how it's working around the country. That sounds so interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's I I'm in your camp. I think um, if you're going to start this program, everyone should benefit from it. Um, mm -hmm. Are there uh, landlords who are going to take advantage? Of course, because that's mm -hmm. people. It just right, happens, right. you know, but there are landlords who are dealing with, you know, tenants who aren't great. Like, right. let's not pretend that shit don't happen. No, exactly. So, yeah, let's, everyone, you know, everyone gets yeah. help. I, and, and I just... Yeah, no, okay. I totally agree with you is I think there are landlords out there who have problematic tenants and they need help as well. And I just, mm -hmm. I think that just there's, ne I never think there's a downside to providing more free legal services. Um, and I, I, that's one thing that I wish would change is I think that I, I wish more attorneys saw themselves as really um, like social workers or social justice mm -hmm. advocates instead of kind of just people who are out there to make a lot of money for wealthy clients um, yeah. because there's such a need. And right now after the eviction moratorium, so during um, COVID, there was a law that said that nobody could be um, evicted until a certain date and that date has passed. So now the housing court is being overwhelmed by um, people coming in. And so this is another reason why I think it would be really helpful if there's an attorney involved because attorneys can really make a huge difference, especially mm -hmm. in the housing court. Yeah, now is a terrifying time to um, be out of a place. Not only is COVID just nuts, but it's mm -hmm. getting cold. 
you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, also, and this is an interesting thing, I didn't anticipate we would be talking about tenant rates, but I'm so glad we are, is um, one thing that can be helpful if you have an attorney, and this is what mm -hmm. I do when I'm representing tenants, and I'm, I, I, that's kind of it, I always represent tenants, I don't represent landlords, is one thing you need to be careful about is even mm -hmm. if you win an eviction case, right? So mm -hmm. you've won and you've proven that, you know, you were evicted for false reason or, or whatnot, you, your name is still on the record as being a, a party to an eviction. So the, no. that hurts your ability to ever get housing again. Because when landlords look up, and a lot of them do, look up, if someone files an application, they'll look you up to see, are you in the court system? They will see your name there. They won't see that the outcome of the case was you won. They just see your name as a party to an eviction case. And that alone could sway them against wanting to rent space to you. And there's another movement in Massachusetts to try to do away with that, right? To try to make it so that information is sealed. Yeah. So as uh, an attorney for a tenant, one thing that I try to do is negotiate with the landlord and say, can you dismiss this case? Because if you just, we can come up with an agreement. If you dismiss the case, it won't be in the books. And then my client isn't forever stigmatized for just being a party to a case. And that's where an attorney can save you, right? Is that even if you are successfully able to represent yourself and win, you might not know about the records issue and you might still be negatively affected. So that's the kind of thing where having an attorney helps is having an attorney, someone that not only thinks about winning or losing the case, but thinks about how can I put my client in the best position so they don't constantly have this eviction record that will haunt them forever. Because we all know how hard it is to get housing on the Cape. Add oh, yeah. on to that, you know, a record of an eviction and it becomes even more impossible. That's insane. What kind of half ass? Well, <laughs> that, I don't like right? it. I don't like it. I'm just going to go on record. I don't mm -hmm. like it. No, I hear you. It's awful. It's really bad. All right. So I want to pivot a little bit. Every mm -hmm. time I say pivot, I think about friends. It's so funny. <laughs> the pivot, couch? Pivot. Yes, the couch. <laughs> That's the best episode. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. Pivot. Anyway. <laughs> people don't know what we're talking about go google pivot and friends and you'll see the clip that we're talking about so funny guys so funny <laughs> <laughs> so um seeing that we're laughing now I'd like to pivot to racism mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's always a a nice pivot hey oh before we get there um I'm going to say what's up to everybody who's talking in the chat um Anastasi what's up bro um, Twizzle, good morning, Zainab. Um, Tata, I say it like that because I love it. <laughs> good morning, y'all. Thank you for watching. <laughs> so, um, pivoting to racism. So, as a lawyer, you have to deal with all kinds of people, right? And yes. sometimes, um, maybe you might have a, a client who is has a different thought pattern, yes. So how would you explain or break down what systemic racism is to someone who thinks it doesn't exist? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think the problem with people who don't understand systemic racism is they really are not scholars of history. 
And I think that anybody who even does a cursory view of history would understand what systemic racism means. Because especially as a lawyer, part of what I enjoyed about law school is seeing exactly how it was written into the law, right? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't necessarily just something about how one individual was treating another individual. There were entire systems in place in the law that restricted people of color, black people in particular, from um, just having the opportunities that white individuals had. And so if you study the history, if you study the law, you will clearly see how, how that happens. Now, the problem is a lot of people don't want to study the law. They're intellectually lazy, right? They'd want to, they'd just say racism Ooh. is the Ku Klux Klan um, or the racism is the N-word. And they don't understand that that's not how racism uh, uh, is reflected in the, in the majority of, of our lives. Mm -hmm. And so to explain it to them, you would need them to be willing to sit down and, and listen. And once you get the evidence, you can either be willfully ignorant and ignore it, or you can say, okay, something's going on. But I think anybody who understands the history, for example, of redlining mm -hmm. or how hard it was for people to, black people to get loans, mortgages, and how, you know, it was nearly impossible for, for anybody in this community to get even an ounce of uh, wealth because the system said, if you're not allowed to get a, a mortgage, for example, with a reasonable interest rate, if you're not allowed to go into certain um, neighborhoods because they've been redlined, mm -hmm. or if you go into a neighborhood and then your neighbors start leaving because they think that you are going to lower their uh, their home value. That mm -hmm. those are things that are written into the law that you cannot dispute. Um, and so, to me, I think it would necessitate literally sitting down and explaining to them how these things were written into the law in order for them to understand that it's not just the KKK burning crosses that racism is much more insidious than that. Absolutely. Damn, um, first of all, uh, good morning, Ayanna. She is <laughs> on something intellectually lazy. I wrote that shit down because I think yes. that is such a perfect way of um, describing part of the problem of our moment of complete divisiveness is just yes. like laziness. Right, just right. crack a book, bro. Right. Open it up. <laughs> and, I think, and, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, you probably understand this, that it is exhausting as a minority in this country to feel like people who are intellectually lazy and have never cracked open a book are now expecting us to give them a quick short shortcut to everything. And it's like, okay, you know, this is way too much of a burden on us to have mm -hmm. to constantly go, okay, let's go way back to the civil war. And, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and so to me that there are times where I, there are times where I go, okay, I need to understand this is an educational moment and I can educate someone and make them better. But then at what cost, you know, like I'm exhausting myself to try to do it. And there are times where I'm like, okay, I can definitely go into this, but are you going to pay me for it? Because I had to go through, years and years and years of study to understand how racism is interlocked 
with the law and you just want it for free for 20 minutes. That's intellectual laziness to me. And if you give them like a list of books, they're like, no, 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 no. Just tell me from your experience. And it's like, no, you actually need to study this as well. And people are just too lazy to do it. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, that's the hard part. It's, and, and there are times, and I battle with that myself, is how much of my life do I want to spend educating people? And how much of my life do I want to have that weight off my shoulders and just enjoy myself? You know? Exactly. Yeah. I ought to say, Google that shit. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Just Google it. <laughs> right. Right. So um, I have a fun kind of sci-fi question for you. Ooh, I like sci-fi. Right? Sci-fi is cool. Yeah. So if you were given a free pass to mm. go into the past for five minutes five and minutes. speak to your 19-year-old self, oh, what would be the first three things you tell your 19-year-old self? It can be any kind of things. And people okay. in the chat, feel free to answer this question as well. Just put your answers in the chat. The mm. first three things you would tell oh, uh, your... 19. Okay, 19. Mm -hmm. Where was I at 19? I was a sophomore in college. Okay, the number one thing I would tell myself is when mm -hmm. I was in college, the college I went to had an English department and a creative writing department. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to the head of the creative writing department and said, I want to be a creative writing major. And he kind of tried to talk me out of it and said, well, maybe you should do English with a um, concentration in creative writing. And I listened to him because, you know, when you're 19 and you're like, oh, here's an authority figure. And I was like, mm -hmm. maybe writing's not good enough and I need to not necessarily focus on creative writing. If I could go back, I would have said, screw you. I'm going to be a creative writing major, you know. And so that's one regret I have because I do always wonder if that shaped a little bit of why I decided not to pursue my MFA and my fiction writing and instead mm -hmm. to something else. So that would be my first thing is don't listen to uh, authority figures as if they're God and they know everything. That would be my number one. Um, number two would be, um, let me think. Number two would be probably at that time not to stress out so much about grades. I think I was so consumed with making sure I got good grades that I didn't enjoy college the way I should have. Because there were all these cool like lectures and different affinity groups that I never joined because it was just too time consuming. And mm -hmm. I wish I had done that because in retrospect, you know, when else are you going to have this time to just really explore and meet new people? It's so much harder to do now. Um, and then my third one would be probably to... One thing, this is so random, <laughs> but I wish I had enjoyed my curly hair more because as you can tell now, I used to have really beautiful curly hair and then I ruined it with like relaxers and the Japanese hair straightening and now my hair has never recovered and now I want it back to that luscious curls and it won't happen. So if I could go back, I would tell my 19 year self, don't touch any relaxers, just keep it curly because it'll never come back the same. <laughs> yes, relaxers are horrible. Right? And I wish oh. I had thought of that. And now it really does mess up your hair because your hair never goes back to how beautiful it used to be. So, right? Yeah. I, I remember relaxes. Boy, oh boy, that pain. It's just. Oh, God. <sighs> I, it the days awful. after. And you can't, it was, it's just horrible. And it, and I feel like I, I wish I had been 
told to like embrace that natural side of myself instead of trying to conform to what everybody around me had. So same. <laughs> uh, my buddy Susan Chaporian said that the three things she would tell her 19 year old self would be to realize your worth, keep your boundaries and soak with kindness. Ooh, I like that. Nice. I like that a lot. Tara said, heal your shit. It gets better. Love yourself. Oh, yes. Yes. That's, yes. A that's a real good one. See, everyone's being deep, and here I am being like, I wish I didn't relax my hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. It's good. It's good. Oh, Susie said, speak with kindness. Sorry. Mm. Well, uh, Tara kindness said, kind of cool, too, though. <laughs> right? I was thinking the same thing. I was like, soak with kindness. I was like, that yeah. could be like a bubble bath right there. Like, I was. Right? No way, Susan. It sounds good. That's because Tara still has luscious curly hair. Right? Her hair is gorgeous. Kind of jealous. <laughs> Love Love I do like like not having to do my hair. Like after I lost my hair, oh, fantastic. I just get up and go. No Liberty, more 45 right? minutes in the morning. Right? That. Right? Awesome. So done with that. Get up and go. <laughs> um, my buddy Shakara said, one, your mother's always right. Yeah. Two, can't be everything to everybody. Three, when you're 25, you will meet a woman named Diana. Run. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope Diana sees this. <laughs> Yo, Kara, I love you. I love you. Um, Ayana said, love your body. Yes, That's exactly. It. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. We spent too much time. I don't know about you. I spent too much time just worrying about, oh my God, is my body okay? Am I oh, beautiful? Yeah. And yeah. do people like me? Like, who gives a shit? Exactly. I don't. I don't care. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't want to go back to that time in my in my life for oh, anything. God, no. You know, yeah. the insecurities and everything. Mm -hmm. No, no, I'm set with mm -mm. that. Yeah, I'm all good with that. <laughs> um, so I have another kind of fun, silly question. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you watch law shows? And if you do, which one is the most accurate? Oh, that's a good question. I actually don't watch a lot of law shows, but I recently watched a show with like a legal component. And Ayana knows this because I told Ayana to watch it. Have you heard <laughs> of The Undoing? On no. HBO? It has Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. And there is a legal component. It's kind of like a murder mystery. And then there's a trial, a few trial scenes. And I will say what's great about that is they brought up certain things that like, I was like, oh, that's actually true. So like certain objections to hearsay and, and mm -hmm. things like that. So I was like, wow, that's actually a pretty good depiction of at least the laws of evidence. Uh, but once again, a big problem for a lot of the legal shows is that they do criminal law because it's more exciting. And mm -hmm. I do civil law. So that's why I don't always know for, for a fact whether or not what they're depicting is accurate um, mm -hmm. because the criminal system and the civil system is so different. But the undoing, you have to see the undoing. It's amazing. I do love Nicole Kidman, mostly because she broke up with uh, that Tom dude. Tom Cruise? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The smile, man. It's just, it's Creepy. too much. It's, yeah. Yeah. Hugh Grant is really creepy in this as well. So it's a fantastic show. I really liked it. I think it's only six episodes too. So it's not like a huge time commitment. Good. And the attorney, I don't know what the attorney's name is in real life, but she's like the most amazing character out of any, anybody. Um, yeah. See, Ayana saying she loved it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. So like when I think about law shows, like I'm thinking, 
I haven't been to, um, wait, have I been to criminal proceedings? Uh, I mean, once, but it was quite boring. But yes. I assume that, like, it would be like, objection and sustained and you can't no, handle the truth. No, it's yeah. so boring. I had an intern once and I let her come to, like, just watch a court proceeding and she was, like, bored out of her mind. Because it's really boring. It really is. And the, uh, the one thing I will say is that in most court shows, there's, like, something that happens in a trial scene that's, like, an element of surprise. Even in The Undoing, you know, there's an element of surprise. In real life, there really aren't that many surprises prizes in the courtroom because you have to exchange like witness lists and evidence and you can't suddenly introduce something the day of a trial that the other side doesn't know about. You um, can't? No, because you already know that in advance. Like there are whole evidentiary hearings and there's a list of exhibits. So you don't suddenly introduce something that the other side isn't aware of. So that's the one thing that's like inaccurate in almost every single law show is that someone doesn't just suddenly say, oh, here's a witness that the other side didn't know was going to be put on the stand. That's one of my favorite parts, buddy. I'm just, you know, when someone's like, oh, yeah, well, look at this. Right, right, right. It just rarely ever happens. So that that's the thing that is, it's fun to watch. But in real life, you'd be bored out of your mind if you went into a proceeding to watch something. You'd be so mm -hmm. bored. <laughs> All right. Um, I have one last question, and then I'll let you uh, go about your day. Okay. Um, so if there is a young person, an older person, or someone who is looking to change directions and maybe go into law, mm -hmm. what advice would you give them to help them not only pursue that goal, but to stay in it? Mm, I like that question a lot. Um, so there was a time in law school where I was a Marshall Brennan Constitutional Literacy Fellow, and one of my jobs was to teach con law to high school students in um, the Jeremiah Burke High School in Boston. And a lot of the students would ask me that question about, you know, I'm interested in law. How should I go about it? I know it's really daunting. There aren't a lot of people that look like me in, in, in um, law school. Mm -hmm. And what I would say to them is if you are interested in the law and you um, are thinking of pivoting, once again, pivot, I think pivot. The, mo the most important thing I think is to focus on your ability to tell a story. And I think this is what I got from my background with fiction writing, is that everything you're doing is telling somebody else's story. And so when you are thinking about injustice, if you're reading about something happening, think mm -hmm. about how you would tell that person's story in a way that really hits the heart. And mm -hmm. if you are a good storyteller, you will be an amazing attorney because people are, um, they're banking on you being able to communicate the emotions that they're going through and not just the cold hard facts. So I think that's something that is really important is you remember those moments in a case and a judge will remember those moments in a case. So I would just tell people, you know, read a lot and read a lot and think to yourself, how would you tell this person's story to, to really get at the, at the heart of it? if that makes sense. Wow. Damn, that was a good answer. That's such a great answer. Um, so I have, do you have uh, anything that you would like to plug or anything coming up that you want to let people know about? 
Yeah, a lot of stuff is coming up. Um, so I uh, think one thing I would plug is today is, what is it, Giving Tuesday? Is that what it yes. is? Yes. I forgot the holidays. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so one thing I would plug is Amplify POC Cape Cod. If you want to give to an organization, that is the organization you want to give. Tara is the founder of it. She's an amazing leader. And it's an organization that is working towards narrowing the racial wealth gap on the Cape. And it's starting on kind of stage one is um, kind of gaining visibility for people of color, business owners of color on the Cape with a website which highlights all the uh, businesses on the Cape that are um, owned and operated by people of color. And that's stage one. And eventually it will become um, it will become the uh, there'll be programming involved as well, where mm -hmm. there'll be programming for um, you know first time home buyers, financial literacy, that kind of thing. So I would definitely want to announce that. The mm -hmm. second thing that I'd want to announce is I've recently been asked by by Ayana to be um, the president of the board for Be Free. Um, Accounting. So that is another mission, yeah, that I feel so strongly about. And anybody that knows Ayana, anybody that's familiar with Be Free, um, it's it, it's really an innovative. She created. I can't get over this. She created her yeah. own therapy um, to help people. Who does that? Who creates their own thing? And it's been successful, right? Mm -hmm. Is mindfulness she she uses movement in your body which is very different and the thing I love about Ayana and you probably know this too is there's the fun element right she loves yes. to laugh, that smile but she has created something that in this community can single-handedly and I mean that without an ounce of irony single-handedly solve the opioid addiction issue on the cave people with recovery she is you know a specialist in not only that but also dealing with any kind of trauma in your body if there's anyone that can heal the divide for example between the police and people of color on the Cape. It's Ayana and it's Be Free uh, Counseling. So that's one thing that I'm so excited that I'm a part of that team because mm -hmm. she's an innovator and there are not many people like her out there. And she just wrote a book. She just told me she finished writing a book. I'm like, who does that? She just- <laughs> She found the time. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm exhausted. The other day she's like, oh, I'm exhausted. I don't know if I can stay up to see the last episode of The Undoing. And I'm like, why? She's like, oh, I just finished a book. Like all nonchalant. Yeah. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you I'm know. so excited. So those are two organizations that I'm, I'm proud of. And if you can donate or if you can just go to those websites, they're amazing. Both of them. Tara and Ayana are amazing people that inspire yeah, me. Yeah, they are. So, yeah. Yeah. I love them both. They, they've been so instrumental in my personal like mental health. They've been amazing oh. friends. So, uh, yes, please support both of them today for Giving Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I completely forgot to do um, holiday of the day. So we're going to rewind and go back yes. to that. So yes. We just talked about Giving Tuesday. So, guys, yes. please make sure that you um, give back to uh, community-based organizations and Be Free and uh, Amplify Pac are great places to start. So give there if you can, um, whatever you can afford. You know, even if it's, even if it's a dollar, you know, every single penny helps. So please, exactly. if you have the the extra, please give it. It would be great. Um, today is also I thought this was so interesting. Today is also um, National Christmas Lights Day. 
Oh. And I was like, well, that's nice. Like it's after Thanksgiving, like you put up your yeah. lights and stuff like that. And it turns out that um, before there was electricity, people used to hang candles on their trees. Okay, and, that's you know, a little terrifying. Yes, it was just house fires, just house fires. <laughs> <laughs> and then Thomas Edison came along. They're just like, light, enjoy well, you know, electricity. I, I, you know, I was going to ask you, because that's something that, like, nowadays with COVID, we can't really go out to a lot of places, but you can drive around and look at people's lights and stuff. So I was yeah. wondering, is there a website where it says, oh, here are the homes that have really nice lights and go around? Because I feel like I would I would totally look at that website and then do a little, you know, car tour around all the neighborhoods and who has the best lights. I think that would be so fun. Yes, I would right? definitely definitely look that up because that right. would be perfect like if there is an app for your community about like where you can go see the best lights i think yeah. we just came up with an idea we need to go on shark tank together and be like this is our idea right <laughs> like look at it now give us money exactly. well we don't no no give us money just give us money and we'll figure out how to do it i'm not an engineer <laughs> <laughs> and uh the last holiday is it's world aids day um, so let's spread awareness of the um, AIDS pandemic and the, there's been an estimated 40 million people worldwide who've died from AIDS since 1981. 40 oh million God. people. You know what I just watched and I want to know if you've seen it. Have you seen Angels in America? Yes. It's been a while, I, but yes. Yeah. Cause I just watched that maybe a month ago and I recommend that to everybody. I didn't know that it had, it was about the age epidemic in the beginning, like in the eighties in New York. But if you haven't seen that, you know, definitely, I think that is a great thing, especially on, on today to, yeah. um, if you have an extra, like a whole day to just binge watch that that's mm -hmm. something to watch. Yeah. Spread awareness and stop the stigma. Let's exactly. put that shit to bed, bro. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, those are all the holidays for today. Um, is there anything else you would like to plug, my dear? Um, I don't know what this means, but. I know. I like this. I like this. Yeah, well, I also just want to say thank you <laughs> so much for inviting me. I've been like a stalker fan for so long, and now I'm actually on your show. So I feel like excited that I've gotten to meet you. And after quarantine, like we should go out to coffee or something. I've, I, it's just so funny how many people I've met during quarantine that I haven't met in person because of the COVID. Right? Oh my God. Yeah. And I'll then, be back. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Where, what do you mean? I'll be back. Where are you right now? I'm in Georgia right now. <gasps> no. Yes. You're I started coffee with tea before I left and I just, I love it. I just couldn't stop. You're in Stacey Abrams territory right I now. I am. Oh. She is amazing Isn't she unbelievable oh that is exciting so is the weather like perfect right now in georgia it's kind of cold it's like 55 but it's, okay, stop. it's cold for <laughs> georgia like it is disgusting out right now well that's exciting well when you come back we will do coffee you'll see me do this weird thing to explain half almond milk half coffee <laughs> i will know what this means now right right yeah. No, I was just going to say thank you. This has been wonderful to, oh. to meet you and be on the show. Absolutely. And like I Facebook stalk you too because you have <laughs> such great posts. Like I really enjoy thank your you. posts. And like Love and Revolution, you always like post things that are so important, which is like the point of Love and Revolution. Thank but still, you. it's just, I just, 
I kind of stalk you like a little bit, like not, <laughs> not troubling, troublingly, you know, right. like Janet Jackson, I, I stalk her to a, a troubling amount. Troubling um, degree, so no restraining order. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't, don't ever, I'd never let go. No. I don't care. But I, feel like, I feel like mutual stalking is the definition of friendship. So I feel like we can now say we're friends. We're mutual <gasps> stalkers. I love new friends. Hi, new friend. <laughs> oh, someone also said it's National Pie Day today. So that's another oh, thing. Oh, ooh. I got to get down on that. Right, right. I need, I need apple pie right now. Muska, um, Tara said you need your own show. Oh, hell yeah, I do. Yes. That's me. <laughs> Susie said that's full blown stalking right there. <laughs> What is that you and Janet Jackson? You're obsessed with Janet Jackson? Absolutely. There used to be a time when if anyone said her name, I would squeal. I've grown out of it. I've grown out of it, but there was a time. Oh my god. I will I do have to say I've been obsessed with her cheekbones forever because she has like these nice, perfect right. cheekbones. Yeah. So I've been obsessed with her cheekbones since like mm -hmm. nineteen ninety-three. Um, She's amazing. I saw her in concert. I peed a little bit. <laughs> Not gonna lie, a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you think was her best era for hair? Because I would say uh, I think her best era for her hair was um, "That's the Way Love Goes." That whole era <laughs> with the curly hair, right? Uh huh. That I was, was just thinking that. The See, Janet album was amazing. That's what my hair used to look like before I ruined it. So I'm mourning. What? I'm mourning, right? No. Oh I'll, my God! I'll, just... I'll get a wig. I'll get a Janet Jackson wig, and the yes. next time I'm on your show, I'll pretend I'm Janet Jackson, like you're doing an interview for Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I will totally come uh, knock on your door. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Wait, I did not like that time. Did someone? That's my buddy Jace. We go back like 15 years, wait, and wait. he knows I used to squeal whenever anyone would say Janet's name. Wait, but is he referring to you squealing, or is he referring to her hair during that time? Because that's an issue. If he <sighs> says he he didn't like her hair during that time, I don't think he would ever say that. Okay, he also would hurt me, that. and he yeah. didn't do anything to hurt me. <laughs> okay. <good. laughs> All right, uh, before we get up out of here, guys, um, I want to let you know that the show is changing its format just a little bit. See, I'm doing this. I learned it Do from you. Know? you. <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to be on at 8 a.m. One, two, three, eight a.m. <laughs> uh, and we will be going on at 8 a.m. Um, after that, um, we will have. I will have a co-host, right? Ooh. Yeah. And um, I will. You know what? The co-host is going to be a surprise. We will find oh. out who the co-host is next week. Wait, you're not going to tell anybody? I'm not going to tell anyone. Nope. The co-host will be whoever you see with me next week. That's oh the co-host going forward. I can't handle that. You're going to make me wait a whole week? <laughs> a whole week. That's devastating right there. Um, <laughs> check out my Fiverr and Upwork uh, podcast. Nope. Try this again. <laughs> I love you. Your your podcast. Is that what you were trying to say? Yes. Okay. Uh, check out my podcast. <laughs> and uh, by the same name, Coffee with Tea, you can find it everywhere. Podcasts are uh, streamed except for Apple because I can't figure out the algorithm. I just, <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Not gonna lie. I don't know how to do it. I'll figure it out. Um, check out my Fiverr account and my Upwork. Um, I am a soon-to-be-working of
Uh-oh, I think you froze. <laughs> 